0: like ourselves up and get ourselves back on track and and ready to record again. Welcome to Ford. say at the start of this episode. I'm I'm very sorry. It's been, what, nearly two weeks since we last recorded, so I'm a little bit out of practice with this whole anchoring business. We are, I think. Uh, We are indeed. We're here in Australian Dan's bachelor pad, as we we are more often than not, really, now, with Australian Dan himself. Hello,
1: good evening.
0: And with English Dan.
1: Good evening, hello.
0: Sebastian Garcia for not the first time this season. Um, In fact, it's for the third time this season you, is unable to make it He's, he has yet to appear on Hand of Pod in, uh during the 2012 Klaus Um but we've replaced him with a younger better looking uh, more intelligent model <laughs> who for some reason seems to see all of these nice things that I say about him <laughs> as bullying always, I can't think why um, say hello to Hand of Pod's favourite guest Joel
2: Richards. I'm flattered hello
1: um, I'm thinking we shouldn't have gone. got Sever to come in for the summer series because it's like playing a tournament over summer and now he's, he's yeah. kind of he's and for unavailable the, uh, for the, 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 the opening. No, that's so given him his summer break that he yeah. he's so covered. He's, he's
0: clearly hurt his vocal cords or something and is unable to talk. Um, yeah. But yeah. No, you're quite right. And and in fact wait, can, is this the third time you've been on with us now, Joel? And
3: on no occasion have you and Sever recorded together. Still. No. no, exactly, feeding the, the theory that there's, there's, we're actually the same person. But, uh, yes,
0: no, 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 You're right, I haven't coincided with him yet, but uh, one day, one day I live in hope. Yeah, and we're, we're sure it'll happen at some point. We'll, we'll try and make it happen by the end of the classora, 2014. Um, there's quite a lot to get through because it is two weeks since we last recorded and also because we couldn't record in the first half of this week, Argentina played yesterday, so shall we start off with the one thing everybody will actually... Know about that's listening to this and um, discuss Lionel Messi's hat trick, or was there anything that caught your eye more in that match, gentlemen?
2: I was quite impressed with how that centre back pairing of Garay and Fernandez that did actually. Obviously, you know, Messi took all the headlines as he would have done, even if he kind of blew his nose. But he actually scored a hat trick, his first ever hat trick in international football, which you know, good for him. But I think, yeah, Sabella, from what he was saying after the game, he was quite encouraged with how especially those two in the middle did and I think he's got a reason to especially in the first half they looked very solid and in the second half Switzerland pushed on a bit more and there was a couple of shakes but it's a new pairing but I think it could be one, one to watch definitely going into the World Cup two years if, if they get settled together I think it could be a promising partnership
0: Yeah, they weren't obviously tested very much But I think what we learned The the, the worries more were out wide in defence really I mean Pablo Sabaleta we know is much better at right back Than than he played at left back the other night Um, Hugo Campagnaro was handed his debut at the age of 31 He plays for Napoli doesn't he? Yes. And apparently Um, he hasn't played as a right back for a long time No, indeed Uh, He left Argentina when he was about 19 or 20 or something From then 3rd division Deportivo Moron So no-one in Argentina really knew who he was, I think, before, before last night, uh, almost. Um, he's not going to play again as a right-back for Argentina, at least you'd suspect. I'd, I'd like to see him maybe give him a chance in the centre, but, but I'd agree with what you
2: said about the partnership. They look more just aware of e- where each other were.
0: On the pitch, it's a
1: start.
2: Like We're taking baby steps, and that was, that was well, one well, of Sabella the...
1: Well, Savela said that the main <laughs> thing he wanted to take from this game was to. he wants to establish a... A solid kind of back four that he's going to basically stick with, and, and that's a really good start because they're both young players. Sabaleta will be there, we think, because I mean there's such a shortage of lateral backs, and he can play on either side. Yeah, and I agree with you. Compañado, uh probably didn't do enough to, I mean, being 31 as well, didn't do enough to to stake a claim to be there consistently in the future. But uh, so like three out of the four is not too bad to have mm. that kind of going into future games. And I think I did love.
2: Uh, in the post-match press conference Sabella's choice of phrase to describe the game And the defence is like No, um, we didn't suffer in defence As if, you know, that's about as much as an Argentine coach Can ever, you know, ask from his defenders No, nah, he didn't make me suffer um, Well, there was still a stuff-up from the goal But, you yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs>
1: know one stuff-up in the game It can be kind of forgiven yeah. for Argentina, I think and I think that was kind of Sabelletto's fault uh, yeah. Well, both the lateral backs, I think Because Sabelletto kind of drifted in yeah. and then there was a scuff shot, and then there was nobody standing out on the right to, to mark Shakiri. Sh- Sh- so, yeah, I,
3: I agree with the with Garay in particular. I thought he looked very strong, and he always has them. And really, his problem is that he's had injury difficulties when he went to Spain. He was at Racing Santander and he was excellent, bought up by Real Madrid, um, and he was still on loan for another season at Racing, and then. Um, uh, the injuries set in and he didn't really uh, never settled at Real Madrid and obviously now he's in Portugal but he's always been earmarked as one of the players that was expected to do well and it's just because of these problems injury difficulties so hopefully certainly for him and and Sabella I'm sure uh, you know he'll have a good couple of years without, without any injury setbacks but he should be he should settle in i think going forward there, was, there were problems there was a lot, lack of ideas um and i think playing sosa and maxi rodriguez is you know there there are a number of different options which would probably add um, more uh, more play in the middle Along with Messi It was uh, as and usual It was up to Messi
0: a word to make anything happen And you say that John As an enormous fan Of Jose Sosa of course <laughs> You us
3: I, I, No no exactly I want to stand up with this Because the thing is Every every time Argentina play um, Everyone says Oh but they don't play Like Barcelona Everyone knows That the Barcelona team Has been decades in the making mm. And then they criticise Argentina for say Three players um, Since 2008 We've had Basile Maradona Batista And now Savela And coaches so, so obviously There's no continuity So it's ridiculous To to first of all expect Argentines to play as well as that and then blame two or three players obviously Sosa's not a player for Real Madrid or Milan but he's a decent player and he had a hand in the in the first goal I don't think he's I think they're better players but I don't think he's, he's he deserves the amount of grief he gets when I think no, he, 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 he usually plays a six or seven out of 10, say performance, which um, which is better than than some of the other players. And so and he's on. obviously there
1: to do a lot of the, a bit of the running and and, and so forth, tracking back. And, and I agree exactly with what you said that playing both those two guys, Maxi and him, at the same time was a bit excessive. If you had one of those guys to do the running, etc., mm-hmm. and then have somebody a bit more creative, um, say Pastore or whoever, like perhaps Sabel isn't a huge fan of him, but um, somebody like that, then yeah, that, then it could be the right balance. Mm-hmm.
2: I think that's the way going. Going forward into into the future, we can say. Because yeah, I would I would agree with Joel. I thought Sosa had a Sosa Sosa had a SOSO game, I'm <laughs> time my tongue in nuts there, Sosa was Soso. Um but Maxi Rodriguez, um you know, that was the one name on the team shoot, I thought, really? Um it seemed like a step back, it seemed like, you know, going back to 2010, someone that did have his moments in the past, but wasn't there anymore, and, and he was so, I think I was. I think I was right. Yeah, I think most of us would have agreed. You know,
1: we circulate the us. ball quite well, and yeah. uh, they're, they're decent at what they do. But yeah, you just need a little bit more. I think of a creative.
2: Yeah, person. it just seemed too much. I mean, and I'll say that I did like seeing Messier and Aguero up front together. That you know, it's a very exciting partnership when they when they got space and they were able to kind of work between each other. It was. Pretty sensational and yesterday The
3: first goal was If Messi had scored that For Barcelona yeah. Everyone would have Oh it's an amazing yeah. goal It
2: was, a well, it, was, like, it, was yeah. <laughs> it was
3: fantastic Yeah but everyone was saying That Argentina were playing Very poorly And, and actually yeah. Well, yeah. He scored an identical goal It Messi was very 20 Barcelona 20 of those goals For Barcelona mm. You know The 1-2 just on the edge Of the box He gets the mm. turn pass And then Slots it in From, from the edge of the box yeah. He scores loads of those So um, Sure uh, Argentina didn't play Particularly well mm. But Within this system, Messi scored a hat-trick, so, uh, so maybe it's, it's not the end of the world. But it was and, interesting, and of yeah. course,
0: his second one was was also a fantastic mm. Uh, mm. goal and finish, and uh, fantastically illustrated as well, I thought, by the fact that the Swiss defender had got back behind the keeper and just punched the ball off the line. Yeah, it yeah. was a frustration. Was <laughs> not even, there was no attempt to clear it with his foot and try and make out that it hadn't gone over the line or
2: anything. But uh, it's interesting to see look, from how I saw the game that the thing that really pushed... Argentina over the edge and was too much for Switzerland was then uh, Sabella decided to abandon the tactic and he brought Higuain in because I think the two goals both came after yeah, sure. Higuain had come in you know he came in with eight minutes left and I think I don't think he had a, too much of a hand in the second but he was the one who got fab for the for the penalty so no, I, think the,
1: yeah, I think
2: yeah, I think the issue for Sabella is he's got to find out how to kind of marry this idea of having these three fantastic forwards Aguero, Messi and Higuain who are probably three of the top Ten in the world easily, and having those three in the team with the attacking potential it gives you, with kind of keeping the stability and uh, strength down the back, that's going to be the the real dilemma I think. If you can have both, then perfect. But it's got to choose. I was just going to ask
1: you if if all, all, you guys think it's better to have that that, that trident, the Higgy Small's trident up front as I you'd like to sort of, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or it <or> would play with. <laughs> They were two yesterday. They, they did yesterday. Because he could have done without the. End. That
2: is written down in the band's notes. We should. Yeah, he, all of
0: these he's jokes are waiting for
1: it by the rest of us. No, I just I did put it in an article today, so it wasn't off right now. Um, what, do, what do you think? Do you think um, would you prefer to see those? Two? I l-
2: I'd like yeah. to see Higuain. Because
1: you don't really need the two. Do you need Brany and Mascherano and, Or do you need? Perhaps, I think we
0: can leave out some opponents. Uh, yeah, yeah, and A another defensive midfielder, possibly not Rodrigo Branja, but But Gaggle. Well, one
3: Because his range of passing well, opens up a, yeah. the field a bit more than say Brania does. I mean, um is very much uh, you know, Sabella favourite from the uh Estudiantes, yeah. but uh, so I'm still laughing about the uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna say. The uh, so, but yeah, I think everyone wants to see the three up front because with the wine you've got more of a reference it? and Aguero is, is more than comfortable dropping off an hour wide yeah. as is Higuain for that matter but I think
0: it's, it's encouraging as well though, that we've got a manager that the Argentina have got a manager who's <coughs> looking at alternative systems he's, he's already looked at Iguain and, and one other with Messi he's yeah. looked at Higuain and Aguero and Messi and now he's looking at how Messi and Aguero can play together and he's, he's only got a few friendlies to do it in and as yeah, well. As and are exactly the sort of games game so he should
1: be doing that, right? Precisely. Yes. And
0: if you're going to do it against anybody in a friendly which, especially with the Argentine press who want him to go out and win in style every single bloody time and if they don't they want him sacked in the morning. Um, so there is pressure even in friendly matches from, from his point of view. Um, if he's going to do it against anybody then without... Any disrespect to Sweden because some of the Argentine press work well, Switzerland. Well, <laughs> <laughs> really they just did just that. that. Was a lot. <laughs> <point. laughs> normally, normally, I get them mixed up in Spanish, but I've never done it in English before. Because um, some of the Argentine press work all in Switzerland a week too, which is which is rubbish. But you know, they they're not on Argentina's level, or at least on the on the level that Argentina aspired to be. You may as well do it against those sides rather than wait for a friendly against Brazil um, yeah. or, or Germany or somebody, mm-hmm. and then try. Okay, what well, what happens if we experiment a bit with the forward line here? Because that's less likely to come off well yeah. for him let's say um, and of course their next match is is competitive and it's, it's only the, the, the next one is the one they've only got one uh, qualifier, I believe in, in the group so they play in June yeah, yeah. yeah but June, then they don't temp- have a second it's not a two, two header, double header uh, for Argentina and I think the next round is sure. Um because there's always one South American nation is having to sit out if okay. okay. Brazil aren't, aren't involved uh, so yeah was there, there was a question about... There was, I yeah, yeah which I was, I was about to say. Um, and it was to do with... Oh, God, where's it gone? It was... I'm trying to find the person's name because I can actually remember the question, but I want to give them the full uh, credit. Oh, here we are. DP Gallagher on Twitter says, is yesterday's Argentina midfield really good enough going forward? Um, which I thought was an, uh, an interesting question, not least for the... Because Twitter only allows you a certain number of characters as everybody knows so there's a certain economy <laughs> of expression in there as well because of course he, he clearly deliberately meant to suggest are they good enough transitioning into attack and also are they good enough mm, for the next couple words. of you well, yeah. see a multi-layered question there so, so well done Mr Gallagher and um, <laughs> is it I mean Branja I think is, is the one uh, okay we've mentioned Sosa and Maxi on the same team at the same time which may not always work but Branja is the player with let's say the least <laughs> experience outside Argentina, I think that's entirely uh, fair Yeah, uh, he, and he's done alright in,
1: in these matches, but also he's 30, what, 32? 33? Yeah. Um, so, as Joel said, I'd probably go with someone like Gago over him, or maybe Banega in, yeah. in, when he's back from his two-year injury, whatever it is, but uh, and then the only other difference would be someone, and there's plenty of people, but somebody a bit more creative than one of the, the two that played uh, the other day, so anyone like even like Ricky Alvarez or Lamella or, or Pastore, any of those guys. Yeah, I've got to say
2: no. I was disappointed Lamella didn't get any Yeah, I don't know why
1: he brought him. He... Nah. Well, it gives him some experience. Yeah. Like he at least pretty close to Switzerland. He just went for a trip in the house, did some skin.
2: And what it gives him the that? chance to,
1: to train with, watch? with the side of yeah.
0: Persevala to look at him <laughs> training with the other players. So I don't think it, it's a waste of time. Yeah, mean, why
1: not play him in
3: that case? Just for 20 minutes or so. Sure enough. I think there's yeah, a lot to be said from. Getting the experience, and being called up, and, he's, and him knowing that he's been—he's in the, on the consideration, mm. that he's being watched yeah. and taken. Oh yeah, uh, he's, well in, he's in in, in, uh, in that group of players. Um, I'll put Ricky Alvarez along with Banega and Gago as a player who can play sort of in relatively centrally, but a little bit deeper. Um, and yeah, I think Lamela's definitely. I mean, in years time, <coughs> he's going to be you know, banging on the door to. To, to get a place in, in the team but he's going to have it very difficult because Di Maria when he's fit no, course, he's, yeah, he's, he's a favourite of Savelas Savela yeah. is basically yeah. Messi yeah. and Di yeah. Maria are, yeah. are first on the, on the sheet mm-hmm. so so Lumine is going to have it, have it difficult but again you know, it's, it's a great problem to have and there's few, uh few coaches in the world that have got those kind of problems so good for
0: Savela. No, absolutely yeah. and it certainly is a nicer problem to have them than the defence if <laughs> yeah. they do start falling to pieces again uh, but I think we can for the moment at least we'll give uh, both Fernandez and Garay in central defence the, the hand of pod vote of confidence which is all important really when because vote of confidence is Yard's bad means you're going to get sang next week uh, sorry the, yes no you're quite <laughs> right we can't, we can't give them a vote of yes. my
2: confidence that would be even worse that would
0: be even worse <laughs> <laughs> that would be better we just approve of them we like
2: <laughs> last morning maybe <laughs> we like
0: Ezequiel Garay and, uh, yeah. and, and the other chap uh, fans. Federico Fernandes Um, Very much. Um, (laughs) On that juncture, unless we've got anything else to add, internationally speaking, um, just as a a very short aside, none of the South American sides lost this this week. a record slightly aided by the fact that Bolivia were playing Cuba at home, but uh, possibly not that I want to cast any aspersions on Bolivia being the weakest team in the in the continent. They, um, they only won one nil. That oh, sorry, no, that's bollocks, <laughs> isn't it? Venezuela got beaten five 0 by Spain. I apologise. <laughs> None They're of the my, South American, American nations. You know, yeah. No one picked him up on it. So. Yeah, that's true. No, none of the South American nations. <laughs> you could have got away with that if who you not Venezuela uh, lost
1: today. Actually, I think we can mention Messi's has now gone to 22 goals of for Argentina, uh, making him equal fifth all time with Luque and Passarela, yeah. which is ridiculous that Passarela is centre back. And only in like three more games than Messi. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Passarella's
3: goal goalscoring <laughs> is, is <laughs> astonishing.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then he's, 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 he's one of Rivers all time. Top scorers, I think, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's amazing. Um, and Messi's 12 behind Diego now, and about like yeah. 34 yeah. or something behind, but he's still the all time top scorer. Two
0: behind Luis Artime, um, a striker of the I think 60s, maybe 50s, who scored his 24 goals for Argentina in only 25 caps, hmm. which is like Ferenc Puskas' levels of goals per game or something. <laughs> it's absolutely terrifying. Um, so, yeah, I mean, whether he's ever going to. Catch up with, with Gabriel Batistuta on fifty six is that's a, a, a very
3: long way ahead. It looks uh, bad, oh, he'll, he'll get past <laughs> at least. Uh, mm. sure, surely, surely. You think, think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. See, twenty four. It's twenty four. So, still got
0: eight years, easy Yeah, long. Okay. If he keeps betting into the team and and improving with Argentina at the rate he has been over the last sort of, I would say since the twenty ten World Cup, um, yeah. then yeah. I'd, I think so. We, we, he needs to sort of continue to be made to feel part of the group, but I don't think he's going to regress now that he's finally mm. got in there. and That's actually one of the things that I've uh, have said ever, ever since that World Cup is that if there's one good thing that came out of it for Argentina having Diego Maradona as manager, it was that somehow we managed to kind of stumble upon making Messi feel included <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and making him actually into a, an integral part of, of the lineup. Um, so yeah, that can only be a good thing uh, for, for Argentina, obviously. Um, okay, we're gonna. I'm going to play a very short bit of music For our listeners' pleasure now um, And we shall come back and talk about the, the local uh, league The Copa Libertadores Perhaps a tiny bit of Copa Argentina And I've got a little bit of a rant at the app unfairness and, and favouring of the big clubs again um, So don't go away And it's time to start talking about the local league, and in particular, um, the absolutely searing form of both of the Avesheneda sides. (laughs) It's a
2: golden era Mm. for football in that part of Buenos Aires, isn't it? Out of a total
0: of 18
1: points, how many do they have
2: at the moment? Out of a total of 18 points so far in the six six games they've contested in the 2012 Clausura, the two Avesheneda clubs have picked up a grand total of one point. Which was Racing's nil-nil draw <laughs> against Tigre. They scored one goal between <laughs> them <laughs> in six games, and that was a penalty. And that was, <laughs> <one> was losing <laughs> the game, as not well. But we should bear into account that Independiente <laughs> are a little bit more shit than Racing, <laughs> which is
1: important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Although I think um, as what we were just
0: saying during that musical interlude. That, uh, or uh, as I was just saying during that musical interlude, um, that a loss to Banfield really is. Given Banfield's current form, they had 11 points for the whole of 2011-2012 going into that game. Um, quite astonishingly, crap.
2: It was fairly astounding. It was the last-minute winner, wasn't it? It was the last-minute winner. Yeah. Basically, that game was. It was just fairly bizarre. It started off so well. Kind of, I'd just managed to get into the stands, and we'd already had a penalty, and so I was still making my, my way up. And So you didn't even see the goal you didn't. No, I saw the goal, like a okay. penalty was given as so we were kind of like smashing people out the way and staggering and God knows what. And then yeah, penalty was given, so we like rush up to the top to meet meet our little friends and celebrate. <laughs> and yeah, so <coughs> Theo Theo notched the penalty away very nicely. And we thought, oh, you know, this is gonna be great. Uh, 3 0, 4 0, easy, you know. First minute goals against Banfield, but it got a collapse. Then Banfield got a penalty and managed to equalise. And, no, it just all went wrong. We've, uh, Racing even played with 11 against 10 for most of the game, after Bustamante, I believe it was, who got sent off. And But it just had no way of getting into the area, kind of. Everything was going forward, and I couldn't count the amount of missed passes, the amount of crap crosses, the amount of wasted shirts. The, it was, yeah, just... No kind of attacking for us, attacking penetration whatsoever So I have to
0: ask Dan because the last episode that we recorded was after the first uh, round of matches um, The best part of two weeks ago And both myself and Australian Dan, as you were of course, were at Racing's first game That 0-0 that you mentioned against Tigre And we both said then that that, uh, we didn't think that Racing had exactly gone forward (laughs) During the transition from Diego Simeone to Alfio Basila. Uh, and, and you rubbished our opinion but Racing have now else to it. I said,
2: <laughs> I'm pleading for caution
0: sure, but, but yeah. Rassing have now lost as many matches during the three games of this Torneo Clausura yeah. as they did in the whole yeah. of the last Torneo Apertura under Simeone yeah. is Basile as good a manager as Simeone for Racing at the moment
2: well at the moment no obviously. I mean by this point last season Racing had seven points they were I can't remember the specifics but I assume they were, they were sharing the lead no, clearly it's it's not a good start, and you could see that after the game um the fans went to to barret the the team bus and everything and insults were flying. Basili came out and threatened to fight them all, which no, but I think it's hard to blame basili when when just the players are not performing at all. I think Simeone managed to sort of get around that problem because he was you know he's we know how Simeone plays He puts down a very rigid tactic And he You know He knows what he wants to do He wants to score one He wants to shut up shop And he can grind out results like that And like, he's also bloody terrifying And he's also bloody terrifying oh, I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of Coco anyway Either No that's
0: true But he's not old man <laughs> <laughs> He's not quite the same you he get
2: outrun. a decent punch in yeah,
3: But he, You, you can outrun he,
0: him Simeone really yeah. your legs off Yeah That's the That's difference. very true uh, you can look on your that,
3: face yeah. Just to add that Simeone gave an, an interview, in, or oh, there was a published interview with Simeone in our Pais in Spain today, and um, the headline was Simeone was saying, I'm not interested in possession of the ball, <coughs> no, and I shouldn't interested in keeping yeah. the ball, which, yeah, which says very much I'm interested of, in what, winning. what we need yes. to know about, about his philosophy. Now, I was going to ask Dan what he thought, what's going on with Gio Moreno?
2: It's... It's a tricky subject. I mean, you guys... Or at least if you've been watching from the TV, you can probably say a little bit more than me on the specifics because, you know, I'm up in the stadium and it's not often the best view. But it's hard to it's hard to single out Gio when he's got, first of all, no one behind him, kind of performing these associations that he needs to kind of get the team moving. I think when he first came, uh, Torrenza was was doing that quite a lot and it worked well. toranza has um, been playing... But so had an absolute nightmare on, on Sunday as well. So he, this is the first problem, he's got no one behind him kind of playing him into space and playing him with his, you know, with his facing goal and being able to look. And the other problem is as well, he's got in front of him two strikers who aren't performing anywhere near how they could or should. And one so he's, yeah, he's stuck right between a bit of a rock and a hard place.
1: Still, uh, I mean, despite all that, I, I still think he, he's not playing great. Like I've, I've been to two of the games, perhaps from a higher-up view from where you're sitting down, but he's, he's actually not playing well at all. That's quite a more up. sober view
0: from down <laughs> <laughs> general. Oh, Although, sitting in front of me, a guy,
1: <laughs> where, when the match finished, a guy ripped up his chair and threw it off the, <laughs> the tier like a frisbee, and I'm sure it hit someone down below. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> So it's supposedly more sober, but yeah, not mm. necessarily. Um, but no, he, I mean... I think I mentioned it last year, or if I didn't mention on the pod, I thought it. <laughs> um, teams seem to, like, I don't know if they've figured him out a little bit. Like, they, people realise if you rush him, mm. if you get up in his face, yeah. he, he really needs quite a lot of time to, yeah. to do his thing. And, and this is
2: where it comes in. This is where he needs a, a good number eight, as we call it here, kind of a mobile midfielder who can take the pressure off him. But at the moment, he's not getting that. He's kind of getting the ball, say, midway between the goal and the halfway line unexpected to do something to completely change the game with three markers on him and yeah as you say he's not in um, as good form as we've seen him at all but even so look, there's only so much a player can do it strikes me that we could almost be
0: talking about Lionel Messi two or three years yeah. now for Argentina Yeah, um, it's a really similar kind of discussion
1: though um, um, I think well there's a a few differences, but I think like well, yeah, but, I mean, those a points, lot, a so. lot less space, and, and whereas Gio really does need a lot of time, a lot of space to work. Mm.
0: Um, anyway, the the question as well that we we've had one question relating okay. uh, relating to racing from Ursus underscore Arctos fifty nine on Twitter. He wants to know how much more rope are racing going to give Teo address to hang himself with, because he's he's been in the news this week. For something he did a few months ago, because the AFA decided to give him a 15,000 peso fine for goading the crowd in La Bombonera after his sending off in, against Boca, which was in November last year. Um, so which just right? shows that, uh, as I tweeted when it was announced, that the AFA clearly feel
3: that uh, justice is a dish best served cold here in Argentina. <laughs> um, well, that means yeah. then that in two months' time he'll also be getting another fine for goading the River Plate fans. Fit in the pre in the pre season friendly, right, presumably so. Yeah. If, if, if we're going, I mean, the, you know, the, yeah. if he was just fine for November's, then for January's, you know, like yeah, a couple
0: of months away from it. Um, but obviously, it's not entirely te- well. It's, it's partly Taylor's fault because he did it. It's not, it's not Entirely his fault that he's been in the papers. No, what I mean is, it's not entirely it's not entirely Taylor's fault that he's been in the papers this week in particular for that punishment. But he's certainly so far this season. Has has started off the year As if he wants to just prove Just how much of a complete raging asshole He can be <laughs> to everybody Yeah
1: tell us Let's somebody Dan or Joel Tell us what he did At the end of
2: the year. Like maybe you had a it, yeah. it was just unbelievable I think Again I'm saying I didn't have the The best view of it Because I was up Right at the top Of the Racing Popular And in that Little sector Kind of the other end The Fargo Is pretty much covered by By a big banner That comes down But we kind of Got the gist of it as you know through what people were saying and then I saw it back on the TV he was already on the yellow card and I think it was another bad cross from wrestling it was uh, snaffled up by Lucchetti the the banfield keeper and you could see kind of Dale had just had enough he was frustrated so he decided what would be a really good idea was to go up and kick the ball out of Lucchetti's (laughs) hands and the referee really wasn't very amused and yeah sent him off absolutely you know quite rightly I
1: think every player in the world knows that it's, it's a yellow card offence now to, yeah. out to keep, keep his hands and well yeah he's, um, he's been in professional that,
2: football quite a while was yeah. a thing to do. it was it was almost odd it was inexplicable thing to do and yeah I think it was just a case we've seen it quite a few times in his racing career and I'm assuming it must have happened before in Turkey Colombia when the red miss comes down when he loses his head he just doesn't Give a shit, and he'll he's capable of anything. And um, yeah, usually that comes out in a bad way. So no, nah, not not good. He's suspended for the week coming, where Racing will play Arsenal away which is sort of a local derby, but one that's very insignificant. But yeah, just let the team down, and there's not really much you can say to excuse him.
1: Okay. Other big results last week were well, Boko won again against
0: yeah 2-0 against Newells um, Colón beat on <clears throat> 3-1 we've just had to go back over these before recording this section and we're now trying to remember them all over again
1: um, I, I think uh, as Joel was saying when we were listening to San it, Lorenzo San Lorenzo's beat somebody didn't they uh, Antino's 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 Antino's. switches you. You.
2: massive massive result massive. for San Lorenzo <laughs> because they were in absolute free fall absolute crisis and they still are really but they, they at least give themselves a bit of breathing space
3: obviously that was against a, an Arcandinos junior side without a coach because their, their coach yeah. people got a seat that was in a, a dreadful accident mm. they said his car rolled ten times mm. uh, he was called out of the the, um, the team hotel just the morning I think before um, for, for uh, an, an emergency <coughs> there with, the, with his family and they had an accident in the early morning and they're saying he's, he's broken his, his spine in two, two mm. places so yeah. he's obviously left now Arcandinos dreadful accident for him and obviously hope he gets, he gets better soon but um, clearly didn't help Arcan but as, as Dan was saying um, massive win for, for San Lorenzo We've yeah. had another problem this week with uh, youth team players and scuffles yeah. and, and what have you so uh, I yeah, believe, pretty difficult yeah. times it? I believe
2: the case this week was it was uh, it was the youngster in the octava who most likely will be about 14 years old we can say 14 15 at the most and apparently this kid for an unknown reason uh, took one of his piercings out and poked another guy in the eye with it. Right. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. And he's been sent home, yeah, quite rightly. He's not gonna <laughs> be playing for San Lorenzo anytime soon. Uh, so he's going
1: to always now? <laughs> he'll be going to,
2: yeah. He'll be um he'll be teaming up with Barrientas. <laughs> 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 right. I think I think the guy's gonna be okay like that that came about two weeks after a guy got stabbed Another youth player Got stabbed in the In the actual Training complex By someone He wasn't a football player I think He was the son of The martial arts coach In, in San Lorenzo <laughs> And yeah He got stabbed in a brawl So Yes All sorts of things Are happening in uh, San Lorenzo Not many of them positive But so uh, we, It might be worth uh,
0: Just clarifying
2: To anybody Who thinks of all
0: of these t- Teams that we talk about As football clubs That San Lorenzo a martial arts club Because Practically every club In Argentina Is a uh, club Atletico mm-hmm. a, a, an athletics club, yeah. club and they have, they're multidisciplinary so this guy wasn't in any way related to the football team as such it's not that he was teaching martial arts to the players <laughs> although some of them <laughs> players could have yeah. got onto his <laughs> classes if they wanted but you
2: know um, I'm sure yours um, would be pretty good yeah. in the classes
1: um, and I think the other big result was uh, Lanús it was on Monday night wasn't it um, mm, yeah. Yeah. losing they had everything set up to go top of the table win their third win out of three playing San Martin de San Juan and um, they lost three one, mm. which was a very surprising result. And yeah, yeah, was game, did I watch it? Yeah, yeah, I was on TV. I was watching. Right. It, I think. Right. I can't remember. I'm <laughs> just
2: saying because I didn't watch it. I was hoping you could. Yeah, no, come a little bit on It, it was just what one of those games. It was like quite. The
1: other right? thing was a, it was a heavy storm, and uh, Lanús just looked flat. And mm. I don't know what it, what the, what it was due to, but yeah. Uh, I think one of the questions we had was about whether San uh, Lorenzo whether Lanus can be it was sender, you know. it was for
0: uh, Twitter username Phil C. Carney um, his
1: question was Lanus' chances of winning the Clausura. yeah I mean and it's, it kind of reminds me of last year because they look like they have all the elements in place they, they have a very nice team they have a little bit of uh, depth at least in midfield and, and possibly attack um, but yeah then they they just lose the random games like this mm. Yeah, I mean, that,
0: the last game lost was the, the Copa Argentina, of course, right before the Class And they also looked really
1: impressive, and now yeah. they've they've lost again And they'd also the...
2: lost just before in midweek, I believe, against Olimpia in the La oh, Of course, yeah, Which yeah. may have
1: had something to do with their form. Perhaps another team that uh, used to being in.
2: Yeah, I'd be surprised if they could sustain it. I think I mentioned it pre season, you know, because I'm, I'm clever like that. Yeah. Uh, a squad that small would struggle to, to play across two tournaments. Yeah, I mean, we, we all, I think. It's right to say that all of us here no, like
0: as, as a team. Um, yeah. But yeah, well, you guys were adamant when with they I help. was like, nah, no, no. Hmm. No. <laughs> w- Whether they're actually going to have the staying power to, to last the distance is, is another matter. Well, well, sure.
3: But well, it seems to them certainly that they're. they're they've got a very difficult um, task to stay in there probably it the door so if they don't go past the group stage then then that, that clears it they've mm-hmm, got some yeah. brilliant players in terms of squads they've got definitely one of the most uh, attacking I'd say yeah. uh, squads around so they started very well was, I didn't see the game against uh, San Martin but they uh, it was obviously a surprise because they'd started really strongly and uh, there's, you know, there's a couple of players like Nader and Valeri, obviously who's who are still really exciting. They've got someone like Camaronesi and uh, Pizarro in his movie. Probably yeah, deserves a
1: shot as well because he's playing really, really yeah, well. Yes. Then
3: they've got Carranza, yeah, yeah, No, exactly. So, you know, exactly. so so if they don't carry on in the Libertadores, which would be a shame for them, obviously, but if they don't, then mm. I would expect them to, um, to, pick to... Pick up in the league. Yeah, yeah. exactly. If to to well, yeah, they stay in,
1: the in touch in the league and yeah. then happen to get knocked out after the group stage of the Libertadores, yeah, they could still be a threat for the league. Mm.
0: The, um, the other big result that I've just remembered, uh, was, which was particularly important, given me San Lorenzo's win um, last weekend, was that Tigre beat Godoy Cruz 2-0 no one Which, given that Godoy Cruz had started fairly well, and we all know that Godoy Cruz are a good team, says something about how determined Tigre are and how capable they might possibly be. Of one of the questions, that another question from Ed Malian. Um, I'm not sure why he's asked it, because it's something we've discussed, I think, on every episode we've recorded during 2012, no, can Tigre survive? Yeah. Um, if you do it again, Ed, then <laughs> we're going to start blocking you on Twitter. Um, you can just not ask but they it. Yeah, I mean, whether they can survive or not is... Um, I've said no. As yeah, said, yeah, it's it's not kinda, really I'd love it if they do, I'd love it if they do,
1: Basically, they're going to have to be right up there, first, second, or third in the league. And, yeah. And well, right not. now they are. And yeah, they, they are. Think, yeah, I mean, a really bloody good try. If they day. can keep it up, they're fantastic. I'll be, I'll be going to all their games mm. if they can do it. But <laughs> mm. uh, I think no, still, I don't know. What do you think, Charlie? Mm.
3: Yeah, no, they've so much ground to recover. But as you know, right now, then they are playing very good football. They're very well organised. They're, they're, you know, good unit and what have you. So, mm. so if they can maintain it, then. But, yeah, it's a, it's a big ask, and especially if San Lorenzo get a couple of wins as well, um, who are obviously just ahead of them in the, uh, in the averages, the three, point year, 3 year late averages. Um, but, yeah, I, mean, they've got, they, I forget which season it was under which coach it was when they did so poorly, but they had so much. Uh-huh. 2009-10. Yeah. 30, just just 30
0: after 10 points, Canyon. 13 points, I think it was, yeah. Mm. yeah.
2: So if they survive this season, they're, they're okay, look. Like, yeah. In the start
3: yeah, no, months, yeah they, they got
0: 50 points last season, yeah. so that will
3: be. And by, on that same note, actually, for Banfield next season Ooh. they are yeah. they're, they're, Daniels, they're down basically a because, because the Falcione year, the they've got the a three point
0: season for my ninth turn which is mm-hmm. what's keeping them up last yeah. year they got 40 odd and so far this season they've got 14 <laughs> yeah.
2: which is yeah. and, serious.
3: and they've um, just lost their coach, even though they got uh, their first win in yeah. you know how many games it was um, uh, their uh, the, the, the silver's left and gone over to Peniel to take over yeah. there so yeah, a of
2: a promotion for a struggling manager well to be fair you have what Three games at Banfield
0: mm. Well yeah, yeah. In the space of two months He's gone from Godoy Cruz To Banfield
3: To Pennerol Yeah um, Well he qualified Godoy Cruz For the Libertadores yeah. Left him to go to Banfield And now he's back in The Libertadores With Pennerol So <laughs> Yeah
2: Is that alright Yes, yeah, Good move yeah. then no, Absolutely yeah. um, I think um, Yeah going back to Ed's question like, I think what's really killed Tigre more than anything This year Apart from obviously Their awful average Coming into the season Was that The fact that You know we had what four newly promoted teams this year and all of them have held their own yeah. usually you look at any other yeah. season um, you can usually count on two of the, promo- the newly promoted teams occupying uh, the direct relegation spaces but it just hasn't happened we saw as we just mentioned San Martín won again I think they're, they're out of the danger well not out of danger but they've got some space at the moment uh, Begrano are right out there Raffaello got a cushion all boys who have the other just one year of, uh,
3: mm-hmm.
2: of average points they won yeah. They, have done well Buñon have done very well yeah. yeah so I think that's going to be the key for them they, they have to know it's probably out of their own hands unless they have an outstanding season they really need one of these promoted teams to run out of steam and, and start kind of hemorrhaging points otherwise yeah, it's going to be tricky yeah
0: I, I think it's the most likely one they are to catch is going to be San Lorenzo um, but if San Lorenzo can pick up the odd point here and there even uh, as, as they did at the weekend, unexpectedly, it's not looking good, too good for Tiga, unfortunately. Um, other questions that we've had on on the domestic league. One from Justin Bryant, keepers underscore union on Twitter, uh, which I think is a good one. He wants to know which fixture during the Clausura looks most likely to end Boca's unbeaten run. Which, after we're recording on Thursday, after last night on Wednesday night, Boca won two one, uh, sorry two nil against. Um, Central de Cordoba in the Copa Argentina, which means that their unbeaten run now stretches to 35 competitive matches.
2: I believe it's. Is anybody going to beat them? It's a very interesting game this weekend. I think unless Dan's going to come shit me and make me look silly, because it's the Clásico against San Lorenzo yep. in Bajo Flores in el Nuevo Gasómetro, and I think that's one of the few Clásicos. This could be. It's a very risky start I'm throwing out. No, I think it's that right. San Lorenzo, yeah, that Boca losing
1: yeah.
2: in almost yeah, yeah. in every other head to head in every other head to head they're, they're up quite substantially but against San Lorenzo yeah they're down so historically I know you guys especially don't give much importance to it and I'm on the fence Seba loves the historiales but yeah it could be interesting like, you know the San Lorenzo players are going to be all out for that game in front of their own fans and it's not a particularly pleasant place to play either does yeah. the fact that Boca are Quite a considerably better team than San Lorenzo. Not coming into it at some point, they're done. Look you're at thinking? the history, Sam. Look at the history. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. It would be a massive, massive shot. Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm going to no say sure. it's as good a place as any for the run to end.
0: Yeah. Let's I mean, I yeah, think. It almost what, what to you to you end, said, yeah.
2: would apply to, to practically <laughs> any club yeah. in the Argentine Primera or Boca. And, yeah. I mean, come on, it almost came to more. an end against Santa Marina de Daniel. Mm. In, you know. Yeah. No, you're
1: right. No, and I'm not sure when they play, say, Velez or something, but you'd you'd have to pick that as as the type of team that could beat them. Um, But, you know, Argentinian League is so random. That's going to be late late
0: October, early May, because we went, it's the mirrors of the couple did didn't we? And we went Mm. went to that in, what was it, late? Sorry, late, late April, early May. Because we went to it in October, I think.
3: But I think, you know, stuff can happen. They can lose against anyone, I think. So. Yeah, I wonder if it, maybe we'll come in the Libertadores. Obviously, after Samaritan the yeah. they've got Fluminense. Yeah. They're home th- for this this fixture and this next fixture. Yeah. But um, perhaps it'll come there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the other thing is that Boca have got a really big squad. Um, you know, Obviously, there's, I think in a moment we'll speak about the Colasso Silva business. Mm. but Switchery. Debacle. But, but, um, but they've got a great squad. They've got a good mixture of you know, experienced players. And, and a lot of these team players coming through, so and um, they can cope with the amount of games they've got at the moment, which may be a reason why why they, they should go on. And uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't continue this this form because it's not as if they've got great uh, form and, and level of football that they're playing to to drop. They're, they're just getting the results. That's pragmatic football. So uh, and uh, as I said, I think they've got the squad to to rotate enough.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't even seem to matter that some of those squad are in. Semi-open revolt against the manager. <laughs> they're yeah, still exactly, unbeatable, exactly. even yeah. then, because you know if you don't concede goals and you don't lose matches, it's as simple as that. Um, <laughs> should we mention how they did on the weekend, or should we just let our the team the they weekend. win? <laughs> yeah, they, they beat Newell's two 0 um, yeah. It has to be said an improving Newell's team as well. Uh, they didn't look very much no. good at all during the upper tour, but they've they've changed managers
2: now. The new guy We've is. Double is... team for the year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> the, the new know. guy is is Herado Martino. They were nowhere But now they've got You know A local coach Who knows the ropes He's come in And he's going to Drag them losers up It's made for two there um, <laughs> the, the new guy in question Is Gerardo Martino Who who was named A few years ago I think
0: By a New World's fan poll as, as their most Loved ex-player mm. Of all time Which is really Saying something Considering some of the Players they've had um, And he's You know With that kind of Reputation He's, he's risked quite a lot By coming and, and Being manager of a team Who really struggled to impress at times during the upper tour, but he started very well. Um, losing to Bocca is, is no nothing to be ashamed of, um, but it, it sort of says you know it, it's an example as well of how good Bocca are. That after yeah. a couple of very impressive early performances from Newells the that they didn't really get a look in in that match. Um, also, Martino,
3: just, so very cool. Martino after the game said as well that um, he was very go- he was very happy with his performance. Mm-hmm. His performance, and he said you know we had more chances to score. Um, so again, it's just the sort of clinical and. Nature of Boca and obviously the quality they've got. There's no Raquel in any other side in in, in Argentina. But as you said I think Martinez done a really good job so far in the first couple of games, um, and yeah, you expect him to turn things around there.
0: Yeah, uh, we've got a couple of other Boca-related questions as well. One is from uh, Barca News 23, who obviously couldn't find the Sedi shutter using his Twitter logo so it should be Barca and he's 23 um, <laughs> how good is... no no I'm...
2: you're such a grammar Nazi sound.
0: <laughs> no I'm not being Twitter don't give you the option to do yeah, it okay. I should do it says it's he wants to know how good is Sergio Arraujo um, who's been linked with Barcelona previously and apparently according to him has has been linked with him again fairly recently uh, Sergio Araujo young Boca striker who's in and around the first team so say certainly not starting all the time by any means and I, I think we've, we've touched because on it several
1: times time. and I think even once with yeah. Joel here right I, mean,
3: mm-hmm. I um, think so do you remember so what you said Joe? I'm not saying anything I don't think you have what forms of your opinion so <laughs> no. <laughs> no I think
1: when, what we said last time which still applies now I think for me is that he's he, he looks he's good he's a talented player mm-hmm. but he seems to have a few sort of mental problems or a bad decision maker um, <laughs> Does stupid things. I think we said that? eh? (laughs) I definitely didn't say that. Well, I said it. it. I'll stick to it. Any specific mental? I don't mean mental. Yeah, I mean mental mental issues. issues. I'm not saying he's psychopathic or any sociopathic. We could could say temperamental issues,
2: man. Yeah,
1: he has. I don't think he's the the brightest crayon in the box. (laughs) He does really stupid things. He gets he gets sent off. He he doesn't. I mean. uh, was it during the under 20 where he got in a fight with someone about taking a free kick or a penalty and then yeah, yeah. took it and missed yeah. it and like that kind of thing so yeah, uh, yeah there's, there's a lot of talented players around so I don't I don't rate him that high
0: Sergio Rajo is, is the one who walked up to team Palermo during his first, first team training session and tried to give him some tips on finishing isn't it <laughs> is not it? this that I think yeah. I'm sure that that it's more like it. young yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's that
1: so he fits in well at Boca. Um probably gets on well with Malcher <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: I was just thinking, The similarities are uncanny. Um,
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he'll probably have a decent
0: career. But I don't. He's, I don't no, he, yeah,
3: he's, he's got loads of ability. He, he's very highly rated, isn't he? But yeah. uh, the story is that that Beachy when he was in charge in a while ago, basically said to him, "Look, you've got to decide if you want to do this, if you want to be a, a football, if you want to have a career," because he was yeah, disciplinary problems. You know, not um, necessarily. I think he's still mm-hmm. staying at the at the club's um, residency, so you know, a couple of things. he you know, came back late. What have you? And, and Bobby basically said to him, "Yeah, it's up to you now because you know you've got the ability. So it's up to you whether you sort of knuckle down. And uh, it doesn't seem like he like he has just yeah. yet. But yeah. but everyone's been talking about it for years now. So yeah. he's kind of one of these these players, that, and he's still very young. He's still, still like, 19, yeah, nineteen. Yeah, The, mice, so.
0: Yeah. So the other boca related question. Is something that I wanted to mention anyway. Somebody's given me a prompt. Um, Neil Doyle, 34, wants to know how the hell is Santiago Silva being allowed to play for Boca? Um, I think Joel, we'll just let
2: we'll let Sam go for this one. Yeah. Joel, to yeah, pretty, I, just Ram, yeah. Sam. We'll let you yeah. Joe <laughs> kind
0: of touched on this one earlier. He, he mentioned it in passing. Um, as as we had already reported, Santiago Silva signed for Boca at the start of the Clausura and wasn't going to be allowed to play in the Classora because he's already been registered with two clubs um, during 2011-2012 with Vélez and with Fiorentina which meant that Boppi signed him knowing that he would only be allowed to play in the Copa Libertadores not in the Copa Argentina or in the Torneo Um which they, they were happy enough with at the time they still made an appeal to, to the AFA um, <laughs> which obviously was rejected because the AFA didn't want to get kicked out of FIFA, because it contravenes FIFA guidelines, um, there is an AFA article, although the transfer window is now closed, say, stating that if a player gets badly enough injured that they won't be able to play either a very significant part or for the rest of the current championship, that club can draft in a player into their squad to, to replace him. They can even sign from another club, um, if it's if it's an emergency, to, to replace that player who's injured. And in this case, Bocker's option... Uh, to, uh, yeah, Nic- Nic- Nicolas Colasso, uh, a week ago was it? Last weekend? <laughs> or two weeks yeah. ago? Last yes. weekend. Last weekend yes. Yeah, so in the weekend just gone, Nicolas Colasso picked up a very nasty, I think, left nef- left knee ligament injury, I think, which is going to keep him out for around six months. And Bofu's response yeah, has been to attempt to register Santiago Silva um, to play in the league, which, because he's not allowed to under FIFA regulations, I think everybody who sort of ...was vaguely sensible about the whole thing... ...was thinking, well, they're going to have to sign someone else... they're going to have to register a youth team player... ...they won't be allowed to register silver ...because the AFL have already said that they can't... ...and made it clear why... ...and FIFA's regulations haven't changed in the last month... Um, ...the AFL have given it the OK... ...which I think is astonishing... ...and I I can't imagine that it would have happened... ...for any club other than Boca or River... um, ...in Argentina... I don't know whether anybody, any of you think that they would have done the same thing if it was, if it was London or uh, Southampton. Of we
1: gave a fantastic interview the other day on TV which went yeah. for about an hour yeah. and a half and yeah. he covered every topic and he was just absolutely honest and brutal about everything and very intelligent. But one of the topics he covered was this and he sort of said, well, I don't have any problem with Santiago Silva. So I'm happy that he can play and do what he does best. Um, but this wouldn't have happened. It's not equal. Like, this mm. wouldn't have mm. happened for, for T Day or somebody like that. Um, and, it's, and it's kind of interesting, I thought
0: as well, that they... It, it, it was decided on a, on a vote Of the, the First Division directors They all voted about whether it was going to be allowed to happen or not And the, the only two who voted against it Were the directors of Melissa Asfield, and And Boys and we've talked about them before In, retur- in regards to AFA
2: voting They're yeah, a bit trouble-makers, yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're totally yeah, <laughs> <no, it's harmless. laughs> the, the two
0: who, who did not vote Who abstained in the voting For Julio Rondona's presidential yeah. um, Election Argentina obviously aren't going to be thrown out of FIFA because Crondon is a FIFA vice president um, but it does look like Santiago Silva is going to be allowed to play this weekend against San Lorenzo even though it's in contravention of FIFA regulations and all the rest of it which I think obviously <laughs> It's a load of rubbish. Um, yeah. So thank you to to Neil Doyle for giving me the chance to get that off my
3: chest, even though I would have done anyway. But Joel, you want no, to say something? they know, can't argue with. There was no it was very interesting. <laughs> um, no, there was a really interesting quote from uh, Crispy, <clears throat> the Boca vice president today, uh, which is uh, "football is para amigos You know, football's for chances, <laughs> basically. And and it's funny that you're mentioning that only Bok or River would get away with this, because River are doing something sort of similar mm. this weekend with the 225 clause. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. if you've got a player away on international duty, you can um, basically delay a suspension yeah. for for another, for another yeah. player. If he's back too late. If he's back so too late. Now. But again, but to River are doing this for a midfielder, Cesar González, who was with... Uh, um, Venezuela Good. side who obviously Good. lost uh, to, um, to to Spain, and so in order that uh, Jonathan Maidana, the centre back, can play, and this is one of the complaints, isn't it? That um, Boca, uh, beyond the fact that it's Santiago Silva's third club that he's playing for, um, he's a centre forward, and Colasso is a is a left midfielder. To be honest, that that argument's difficult because, so well, you know, tactically no, I move mean, things no. around and I and, one, play and, well yeah, front, and yeah. one player who is a strike and go left, what yeah. have you. But yeah, the point with this, uh, I think, with River and Boca. It certainly stands and, and I think it was interesting The um, One of the board members on radio yesterday Basically said that if certain people weren't in the room At AFA then the vote wouldn't have gone through But they were so it did mm-hmm. Yeah, no, very interesting um, What FIFA are going to have
0: to say about all this We don't know But obviously as have already hinted <laughs> Given Grandona's position in FIFA Given the fact that there were a couple of uh, AFA directors in Switzerland uh, Just this week for, for the match yesterday Um who were talking to The people at FIFA Apparently To, to try and get it okay, Probably nothing's going to happen And Silva will be allowed to play It's um, It's one rule for For the big two And, and another for everyone else As yeah. we've mentioned before
2: And I should um, say Kind of From a purely Footballing point of view it, I'm happy about the decision I'm saying from footballing Because I love seeing Silva play Like he's He was one of the best Centre forwards In the Argentine league And I'm sure he still will be And yeah he's you know, he plays with all his heart, he plays with talent, he's direct, he's strong, he he annoys other defenders, and he has some brilliant goal celebrations as well. And yeah, from a completely footballing point of view, I think it's great that he's going to have a chance to play in front of Argentine crowds again. But it's just a
1: shame that he's strengthening the strongest stomach, <laughs> team, though.
2: Exactly, but aside from the fact it's blocky, yeah, I think well, the fact that it kind of. There was one rule put at the start of the season, we we're barely a month in, and they've managed to circumvent it by fair means or foul, however it was, it's... Yeah, it's not a good precedent.
0: Well, there's... We're, we'll remind you that you said this when he scores a hat-trick against Racing, <laughs> Yeah. Which actually isn't going to happen because he already played them, aren't he? No. No, you haven't. No, no, that was last
2: season. Of course. Uh, yeah, so we'll remind you he said that. OK. No, uh, um, I'll be absolutely livid, but that's as, you know, that's as a biased football fan.
3: Yeah. There's an Argentine sports lawyer called Ariel Reck who writes about all these kind of things, and he was saying, basically, um, obviously... Okay. Lots of opinions about this uh, Purely motivated on either Because you're a Boca fan You want Silva to play Or because you're not And so you don't want To play mm. against you um, He was merely pointing out That sure These are all the, the rules And what have you But um, the AFA rule is, is up until match day 6 And he said It's a completely unprecedented situation mm. So yeah. then it, then it is up to AFA To decide how to go forward yeah. I think that is the point There's no precedent for this There is no precedent Obviously it sets one um, But and it goes, always goes back To the same old thing though That, that the clubs all voted for it There were yeah. two Two clubs said no Three abstentions And everyone else said yes mm-hmm. Well that's good. it If it was
1: like San Martín de San Juan Would it have happened? No Sure, so. sure yeah. But But
3: that's it if The club's going to go along so
1: yeah.
0: No but it's not something If, if it's also for me it 's not so much what the Athens rules are and my it 's that FIFA have regulations which are supposed to apply to the whole planet yeah. uh, and obviously i 'm not suggesting for a second that I think the people at FIFA are fine upstanding citizens of the world we 're all uh, aware of various unproven allegations I should mention in case hand Pod's lawyers are listening to this we don 't have any that um, you know if, if they 're going to have these these regulations there then. To, to, particularly to start off abiding by them and then to just chuck them out. You know, it, it might fit in with AFA's regulations or it might not, but it's in direct opposition to, to what FIFA's rule book says, um, unless they have changed that regulation in the last month, and nobody's told me.
3: Well, in that case, goes, it goes back to the initial uh, signing of Santiago Silva and initially being... Uh, Able to play The Copa Libertadores Yeah I think that's why That's, that's been the first rate, thing yeah. Because because he's already Played for two clubs I thought that was in, a bit Otherwise the situation Wouldn't exist this, yeah. this situation About him being able To play in the league He's already been Allowed to play In the, the Libertadores So so that's the issue Really yeah. like This, this hmm. latest development Is an extension but then that was, of it That
0: was something That came up with Javier Mascherano When he signed for Liverpool Because he played A, Euro- uh, a UEFA Cup Sorry Now the Europa League Quite far for West Ham At the start of the season <coughs> And then Liverpool signed up wanted to play him in the Champions League. Nice. So FIFA decided that you could play in up to two continental competitions in one season. He obviously played for Vélez in the Sudamericana, but he wasn't playing in Europe for Fiorentina. Um, so I think that's why he was allowed to play in the Libertadores. I, that's an assumption rather than anything that I've been as informed of. As far as I know,
2: it was because he was allowed to play in the uh, Libertadores because that works on a different calendar. The same as if Uh if he'd gone to a Brazilian club, he would have been fun to play as well because their new season starts in two thousand and twelve. Oh, interesting. Because the season actually started in two thousand and twelve for the Copa, he was fine. It was right, yeah, sure. That's how I understood it anyway.
0: Okay,
2: very good. So, but again, as Joel said, they kind of had the loophole there; they exploited it, and what that did was basically quell all of the the unease with a lot of the other clubs, thinking, "Ah, they can't do this." You know, he's already played for two the door was already opened he'd been in the Boca shirt he played he'd been on the pitch mm-hmm. so then it was just kind of another baby step and,
0: sure. and it goes good. back
3: to what the, the Boca vice president said football exactly. game for chances no exactly yeah. and Boca yeah. they played Germany. Yeah. Exactly. they played the hand perfect
2: and,
0: and I'm, I'm sure they sure would have preferred
3: not to <laughs> have one of
2: their players injured for six months but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um so, well, yeah, actually on that note no.
3: just very quickly uh, It's a real shame for Colasso He's really mm. excited yeah. um, right. Left midfielder um, yeah, I, I think we've all been Very impressed with him So it's a real shame for him mm. um, And that uh, he's kind of Also been dragged Into this whole Sort of situation Obviously nothing to do with it But um, He's a uh, You know it's, for a young player Missing out six months At a time when It's a very stable team It's a great time To be getting First team experience mm. it's, a, it's a real shame for, for him It was
1: one of those Horrific injuries too Where apparently Everyone could hear you know, The, the, the knees snapping mm.
3: Yeah
0: on that image. Lovely <laughs> um, time that. We have had a, an awful lot of questions this week, and we have been recording for nigh on an hour already, so I'm going to move on. Probably save a
2: couple for next week, you know, in case no-one cares next week. Oh, we could do, but I,
0: my, my bullying this week into asking, getting people to ask questions appears to have worked. I, I almost regretted the second prompting I gave it because I'd got inundated. Um, let's see. We had uh, kind of related, in a way, to Klausura and stuff, Ma- Matthew Gilbert... Uh, has asked us whether it is too difficult to do the Klaus slash Libertadores double that's a relatively simple one to answer because it's never been done so
2: (laughs) historically speaking at least it's impossible Um, and I think we touched on that a little bit earlier saying about how Lanús uh, seem to be struggling to play by tournaments as in you know Mm. they lost two games in a week yeah but it is it is really hard I mean I remember
0: there have been previous recent seasons when Boca had that really good team around a decade ago um, they were dominating the Libertadores <clears> and, and they couldn't win a Clausura. Uh, likewise with Vélez a couple of mm-hmm. was it one year ago? Yeah, it was one year ago. The semi-finals finals, so yeah. of the Libertadores, they that won a Clausura, yeah. and that really looked like they were possibly finally going to be able to do it, or at least get in the final and give themselves yeah. the chance. They were a if, uh, missed penalty away from Santiago. <laughs> <something> yeah, from, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 maybe Bocco don't even want him. That. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, some very, very, very good sides have have done it. So, uh, failed to do it in the past, so um, the short answer to that one mm-hmm. is going to have to be a short answer because we've we've got other questions still we to what It's like in like the rest of it. the
2: continent. I can't think of a Brazil team that's done it. Obviously, it's different for them. They play their Libertadores
0: yeah, the right. the, the in June. The thing with Brazil as well is that ball. if the Brazilian Absolutely. sides that win the Libertadores then tend to almost throw the league away yeah. to rest players towards the end of the running mm-hmm. so that they can be up to speed for the World Club Championship. Yeah. So it's, an, it's another dynamic again that you're adding yeah. into the whole thing the different calendars around the around the continent. Um, I'm struggling. LDU Quito Did didn't Kito, win the, the yeah. league the the season that they won the Libertadores. No. Uh, that was won by, by Deportivo Quito that season. And um,
2: my Santos finished about 11th. Yeah, yeah. 10th yeah. yeah. well, yeah. well, yeah. well, yeah. yeah. or 11th. Yeah, year before Intel were about sixth or seventh. I think. Yeah. Mm. I think I can't, I'm sure it's happened before in, in the good old days, but. In, yeah, in recent memory I can't think of a of a case
0: no absolutely and um, the well okay Libertadores Dark Horses were, we're an Argentine only podcast but from the early couple of rounds of the Libertadores anybody really impressed you who you wouldn't necessarily have expected to impress I've you I've really enjoyed another one
2: from yeah. News 23 I've really enjoyed watching um, Atletico and yeah. mm. at least we can see some you know relationship to Gio there that <laughs> <laughs> they yeah they've played twice I think they started with a very impressive 2-0 uh, victory against Universidad de Chile who uh, obviously had that brilliant season um, in 2011 won both national titles at uh, Sudamericana and they've just yeah they've got a lot of quality in their team including um, Cristian Tula which some people might know <laughs> was the Arsenal de Sarandí defender mm-hmm. and he's yeah stepped up and he looks right yeah but X ten. Can you play for Independent San Lorenzo? San Lorenzo uh, Riff, yeah. Yeah. ferro River? Yeah. Federal.
0: he play for River? Yeah. yeah. I thought so. so, so, so yeah. Yeah. He's, he's very very been
2: around the block, yeah. And they've got um Dorlan Pavon as well, who's a Colombia starter now and fantastic, fantastic striker. I've dubbed him the new Tino Esprilla. But we don't <laughs> have to follow that. Yeah, high grades but yeah, he's just a you know, very mobile, very strong, rapid striker and Magnelli Torres, who's the best-known player in football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> yeah just, he was one of the stars yeah. of Cucuta's team back in
0: 2008 Yeah, uh, which got to the, the semi-final yeah. and then got
2: knocked out by Boca. There you go. So, yeah, that team, um, Nacional, are definitely one to watch. They destroyed Peñarol Foneo in, in Montevideo, which very, very few teams do. That will be my win. They'll be my dark horses, the ones to watch. Anybody thinking
0: possibly Olimpo? They absolutely annihilated Lanús in midweek, didn't they? Probably um, not Olimpo, but Olympia, maybe. Olimpia, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Olimpo de Blanca <laughs> I'd no. suggest you, you'll get, a, busy, you'll yeah, get I incredible odds on You'll get incredible odds. I'm yeah. sure some bookmaker, if you wanted to place the bet, would give you odds of millions to one, but <laughs> it simply ain't going
2: to happen. Um, uh, aside from that, I think yeah. um, Universidad as well...
0: Yeah, you
1: um, can't rule um, them out. Yeah, they recover recovered
2: from from that first result against Nacional and they destroyed Godot Cruz uh, 5-1 and they've got a very good team as well they've replaced people like Vargas and Canales pretty well they'll be up there there's definitely some some quality teams there it's a really (laughs) difficult question to answer
0: with the Libertadores though because it's just so it's one of the reasons I love it as a competition. Is it's absolutely bloody impossible to work out who's going to be. Well, it's still it's going it's at the very end. early stage of so two yeah. games.
3: And but I think the best thing about it this year certainly is that there are loads of goals. there mm. lots of teams mm. scoring. Lots of. We yeah. want see that were, were beaten, but then came back and hit four. Yeah. Uh, Atletico Nacional scored lots. Velas have scored three in both their matches mm. now. Um, so there's, there's a lot of goals. It's, it's a, I think it looks like it's going to be a really competitive yeah. competition. But um, certainly in terms of dark horse, so I haven't got anything to add because I think uh, I totally agree with Dan on this one.
0: No. Um, Kathy Brown from Latin American Expats, which on, on Twitter, because that won't all fit into a handle, is Latin Amer Expats, um, says, What would it take for women's football to be taken seriously in Argentina? This is going way off the tangent from what we've just been talking about. I think but, they'd
2: uh, have most luck if um, they, s- they adopted a smaller, um, harder ball and uh, hockey stick
1: yes I thought you going to say something sexist like Seth bladder"? Oh,
2: well. yeah. no I think in terms of women's sport hockey is far and away the most important
1: and yeah well Sam responded on Twitter that like well this is a very it was um, intended as a joke
0: but, I, but I it's said, true it's a very I said, I said that what it would take is for Argentine women to become unattractive grow testicles and beards and start playing in the men's league it's just I can't see it happening in in the next. And then again, yeah, I think Diego yeah,
2: we're, yeah, we'll we're, we're in such a kind of
0: we're in such a match. <laughs> no one's going to do Diego Vizcarra, but um,
1: yeah, no. Like, no but yeah. as, as I said, there as well. I mean, like you look at the hockey team and they're quite respected. Yeah. Um, mm. they, it's, I mean, when they're doing well, at least they, you know, they're quite well, high they profile. Well, well, tend
2: but, to do well, my, my yeah. Sister. So in theory,
1: um, yeah, in theory, could happen, but it just doesn't seem to be. I don't know it's just they don't seem to play them that much. Yeah,
0: it has to be said that the women's national side are improving at a fairly rapid pace they, they were absolutely dreadful in the last Olympic Games but this last year they, they won the, the Women's South American Championship I believe um, is it Boca the current Women's Libertadores Champions is that right? I think you might
3: be on something there yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so, so they're improving rapidly it's, it's still very much an amateur game um, and they really were shocking in <laughs> Beijing 2008 um,
1: I think that's the thing the, the girls here take... tend to play hockey yeah, field yeah. hockey and I
3: think Uh, I would say the platform is there because uh, hockey, for example, used to be tucked away on on one of the satellite channels and now with the... With sort of, football and deportes sports para todos, yeah. no, you know it, it's it's on free to air mm-hmm. TV. Lots of people see it, and and I think the hockey team certainly has seen its profile. Got also, very it, helped, it cards, helps yeah. the fact they've got Luciano Aymar, who is like the Maradona of, of world yeah. hockey at the moment. But um, but be, having their games shown on um, on free to air TV, national television, has raised the profile of the of the hockey side. So if, I think Dan obviously point, Dan pointed on at it too that a bit of success wouldn't go amiss. But if they were to do well in one of the competitions, a lot of people would see it, and so that would perhaps give it this, uh, you know, this springboard and, and, and make it more important. But, but ultimately, it's it's a, yeah. it's an uphill struggle because, uh, yeah. because just because of how important football is and how much football there is already on TV. I mean, yeah, yeah, pretty much
2: And if we look um, slightly north, for example, I know that. In Brazil, the women's team is just about starting to mm. to get a foothold, and yeah. that's mainly because they've. It, yeah, I think it comes down more than anything to having this real one idol, which people yeah. can recognise him. Mm. In Brazil's case, it's uh, Marta, who's I think won the World Player of the Year something like five times in six years. Or yeah, <laughs> just yeah, and she's one. You know, when she speaks, she'll share the headlines of the football websites, the football papers, alongside yeah. people like Neymar. Uh, Ronaldinho, yeah. It's going to take someone like that. Some, I think, an idol, uh, a really brilliant woman player's got to break out and make herself known and then she'll kind of drag the rest of the team along with her. Mm.
0: Uh, Thank you for the question, Cathy, because it's certainly not something we've really touched on at all before. I think Um, think we did quite well. Yeah, well, hopefully we did. Um, We have one more. We've just about got time, I think. Brian Murray uh, sent me an email to to outline his his question but it essentially boils down to and I really wish that Seba was here for this one because he'd be a fantastic person to answer it Um, which of Argentina's two World Cup winning teams uh, for the the extremely unknowledgeable that's 1978 and 1986 who won it respectively in Argentina and in Mexico um, is the more revered we've already had some in Argentina we've already had little bit of a discussion about this before before you turned up English down um, and e- even then we weren't in complete agreement ourselves even without Seba being here so which way around the table should I send this one, you, you said last one so I'll send it to you Australian no?
1: Well as, as I said before I think um, in terms of, if you're talking about the team I think the 78 team is is more a it just because it was uh, under Menotti it was known for its really nice football, it was more a team effort um, you had a star and say Kempes but Also, was it was definitely a uh, a team effort, and even though there was some obviously some dodgy stuff that happened during that World Cup with with the Peru game and so forth, I think even outside of Argentina, that team is probably regarded as the best team in the world at the time. Um, No, Um, no, I I think a lot of Europeans would
0: say that the Dutch would.
1: would Yeah, I don't know, but that's arguable anyway. But I mean, that, that was a fantastic Argentina team, whereas the '86 team was was all about Maradona. It was like built around Maradona was built to, to supply him with balls and, and defend and, and let him do his thing so in terms of a team I would say I think the 78 team is probably highly, highly regarded I kind of made the point
0: when we were discussing before recording that um, one thing I have found is that I've spoken to an astonishing number of Argentines who just refuse to accept almost the legitimacy of any World Cup um, that's been won by the hosts in large part, they, they always mention the the Ratin sending off in '66 as an example of a bent referee or something. Um, they never mention Italy's World Cup win in 1934, which is probably the the least debatable mm-hmm. uh, in terms of political interference getting um, getting the eventual hosts getting the hosts as the eventual winners. Um, but in large part, it's it's because of what went on in the '78 World Cup, even even if the allegations aren't proven, so many people want to believe it. So many people do believe it about that government, um, and about what went on. And I think the 86, uh, you might have a point in saying that the team, uh, are more revered, but I think in terms of which, which of the two wins is more revered, it's 86 because that, that was a, the idol Maradona, um, a player who was missing in 78 to uh, enormous, uh, controversy at the time in Argentina, even though he was only 16, 17 years old. Um, he he won it, and B it was done outside Argentina, mm-hmm. and therefore it kind of feels more legitimate to to people. It is how it seems to me. So I kind of I'd, I'd agree with you. Well, it depends sense whether team. we're talking about
1: uh, which is more celebrated or which is considered the better team. I, I well,
0: more revered to me means more celebrated. More celebrated, but the, more more celebrated team. Um,
1: I think the No, I, I agree.
0: I mean, I, I know what you mean about the team. Yeah. I, I think most people would concede that as a, as a team unit, the '78 side were better in terms of the win that was celebrated at 86 is, is the one that I'm was just made. trying to answer the question to <laughs> <laughs> Eighty-six. if you walk down Cachoe Florida, a couple of blocks from where we are the main sort of tourist shopping drag you see far more Argentina 86 shirts on sale than you do um, 78 ones and you know obviously Maradona plays a huge part in that they've all got the number 10 on their back they show the away shirt With with tags on them Saying this is the shirt Maradona was wearing When he scored that goal Against the English And they don't mention Which of the two goals Because <laughs> they're both Almost equally So they claim it's the actual
2: scored. shirt Because how can imagine <laughs> Well
0: no Yeah The the wording is ambiguous On yeah. that one <laughs> But I, I, I Kind of I, I guess I would agree with you 78 team But the 86 win um, is, right. is the sort of idea. I think with ideal. the with, with the
3: 78 win um, mm. It's not just the Peru game It's the fact that They're in the middle of a, You know mm. this. Dreadful, brutal dictatorship, which which murdered you know, thirty thousand people, mm-hmm. and two kilometers from where they won the World Cup, um, was you know the the largest uh, detention centre that was operating at the time, and at yeah. the time was, was right at the, the the height of that, that repression under the dictatorship. So so I think there's very much this this feeling is almost you know should they regardless of, again of the Peru um, match or not. In fact, in just just last week there was another uh, revelation from from yeah. Peru. Mm-hmm. In fact backing this, this, um, this theory up. But, but as I said, the main thing is that it happened at a time when you know, people were going missing from the streets. So people sort of, to an extent, I think, find that um, you know, and the, whole, the way that the, the military took over the organisation, um, it, it cost three times more than the, the World Cup in Spain four years later. So clearly there was mismanagement and corruption that. And, and then within that, as well, in 86, it's then when the country's now into democracy. And it's after Falklands yeah, War, and so you know, with that background, I think you're right. I think the '86 is kind of is bigger on the uh, sort of the larger in the the public sort of imagination and in terms of importance. But but going back to the schools of football, I think the '78 team is definitely far more what many Argentines yeah. would would mm-hmm. relate to uh, because it's much more la nuestra. Mm-hmm. You know, these were all players who were based here, with the exception of Kempis and. Very much more passing team, you know, more going back to the, you know, the 50s and what have you. And and I I think if I can butt in a second, I think not even necessarily Landestra,
0: but it's just what people want to see because I know for a fact that, that because I've I've talked to him about it in the past, that Seba thinks Landestra is a load of bollocks. But he hates (laughs) Guarda almost as much as he hates anybody, (laughs) Um, and and would much prefer a Menotista in in terms of the manager. So yeah, I mean, it backs out what you're saying really, but it's kind of an addition to it. It's not only Landestra; it's all of the. The other stuff about how Argentines want to see that—it's just teams, completely
3: right? different philosophy, and it's not, um, you know, putting um, uh, sleeping pills in a, in a water bottle and hanging <laughs> it to, to an opposition. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. And uh, so, you know, but the, the two—it's funny how those two teams are so different. Um, I think clearly, if it'd been the other way round and the, the yeah. kind of we would have been in the 78 World Cup no question about it whatsoever no, I think That's it's very simple I think score. the
1: most common thing I hear is people say it's a shame that that 78 team was playing under these circumstances and they won under these circumstances yeah. whereas if, if it hadn't been under these circumstances mm. they probably I mean, it would have at least been in the final anyway um, although it has
0: to be said as well whilst we're mentioning this just for the, in the interests of uh, in the interests of uh, neutrality as, as I might say if I was working for the BBC um, that the 78 team knew how to look after themselves as well That there, there was a lot of gamesmanship and whatnot especially before the yeah. final in Holland oh, and yeah. we're not trying to suggest yeah. otherwise but in terms of what they did when they had the ball um, yes yeah. excellent we've recorded for an awfully long time and Mystic Dan hasn't even started on his predictions yet so I'm going to now play his the theme tune that he fought so long and hard for during the opening uh, weeks of Hand of Pod, mm. which has now been his for a little more than a year. And we'll be back in a minute, and he's going to tell us exactly what's going to happen at the weekend. Mystic done.
1: Away. Um, the, the two weeks ago that where I did the predictions, I got 7 out of 10, I think. probably <laughs> my record. Just gonna <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> How many predictions did you get
0: right last week, done The what? fact that
1: we didn't record an episode is no excuse, no. Well, I got 10 out of 10, but I didn't. Oh, right. we didn't do it. Yeah. Interesting. You just didn't
2: write okay.
1: them um, down. Alright, I've only got one home win this week, uh, which is the Newells versus Belgrano. I've got Newells winning. And then I've got uh, Godoy Cruz winning away to Barnfield, is winning away to All Boys. Independiente Argentinos draw, uh, Estudiantes to beat San Martin de San Juan away, Boca to beat San Lorenzo away, uh, Union Colón, Tigre de Arsenal Racing draws, and Rafaela to beat Olimpo away. Since all boys were promoted a year and a half, a season and a half ago, um,
0: they have played Vélez three times, and on each of those three occasions the away team has won. Really? Yeah, all boys have got two wins and Vélez have won one. Um, so you're Fitting in with the pattern Very well there mm-hmm. Um Yeah interesting I, I think you're Almost Right In not predicting <laughs> In not predicting In not He's predicting He's almost right He just needs the game To be played. No, no I mean in, in not predicting Too many home wins I, I, yeah. I can't yeah. See an awful lot There Um Newell's Belgrano Is going to be one of the The closer ones Without a doubt And tigre Is going to be a really Interesting game Especially mm, The definitely. way the Tigre Are going And given Lanus's Results last weekend Um were you nervous about the Clásico,
2: Dan, for Racing? Oof. <laughs> the um, Avacenera Partido Clásico is um, a pretty massive one. But No, I just hope that Racing can pull a win out from somewhere, because it's getting a bit chronic at the moment. Hmm. Um, but it's not going to be easy. I know Arsenal have got a very good team. I think last season in the Apertura it was a 0-0 draw. Actually, it was the uh, first game I went to of the season after being in England for the opening stage of the season. So last season I missed two of Racing's, what, four wins in the Apertura? So I've seen the Racing win probably three times in the last yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> so I could do it seeing a couple of victories. Well, good luck so it. I'm not, I think Dan might be right. I've got a feeling it's going to be a no no. We've got um, we've mentioned San Lorenzo Boca already,
0: uh, but the other Clásico, of course, this weekend, which is, unlike Arsenal Racing, is is a, a genuine Clásico that no one's going to argue with, is Unión Colón. Um, last time out, it was it was Colón Unión, and Unión one two nil to mm-hmm. celebrate their their promotion. Can we see it? Well, obviously, Dan, you can see it going another way because you've you've.
1: No, I think I exactly can cool. see Colón winning this, maybe, um, but oh, oh, it's hard to tell. Hmm. What do you guys think?
2: It's hard to say Cologne are just a team With so many kind of false dawns And false awakenings yeah. They have an awful Runner form Sack a manager Then come back with Two wins And then go back To the same old Mediocre form So it's hard to It's hard to know What Cologne team are, Will turn up on the day
0: they've, I think they've won Both of their home games This season Although well, they've certainly Unbeaten at home They might have won one And drawn one um, so the After like two years During which they've Won <laughs> about three home matches And lost all of the others
3: um, what were you going to say, John? Uh, no, we've still obviously got the new new coach Sensini just recently come in yeah. on the back of a first win. Uh, it was pretty feisty the Colon Unión game. There's quite a lot of problems at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, obviously, Bichi Fuentes guaranteed to score, so <laughs> Unión <laughs> Union have, got, have got to at least yeah, score one to get a Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Um, I, I think that that covers pretty much everything, given that we're kind of tight for time at the moment. Uh, I'll apologise now to listeners for this being such a long episode, but I don't think I'm going to be able to edit it down very much. We've, we've been relatively coherent, I hope, by our standards anyway, uh, and we've recorded for, what, like an hour and 20 minutes or something, I reckon. Um, so apologies if, if you were bored silly by most of that, but...
1: I think if they were bored they would have turned over before yeah, they
0: see. just resented us or well, yeah, but our listeners are very loyal people. They might have, yeah. you know, much like Rassing's fans, they might have wanted to stay right until the end, even though it almost hurts their ears. We stay to
2: the end so we can insult the players as they're walking off the pitch.
0: And
1: also because the police won't yeah. let you leave. Who was the email from this week? Who, should we mention her name? She said she's listened from episode one. Uh, Christine Garcia. Yeah,
0: thank you very much for, for the lovely email that you sent. If any of you who are listening here have also been listening since episode one, please let us know as well. Possibly via Twitter rather than via a very lengthy like email because we could be... Hmm inundated uh, if that happens I might regret asking
2: as I did with the questions earlier this evening um, we should say there will be a test if anyone's yeah. claiming to <laughs> listen from episode 1 we will be setting a test to just make sure this is um, this is valid episode 3 then
1: mentioned it was going somewhere after the podcast yeah. where was it yeah. exactly those kind of things yeah. absolutely um, <laughs> anyway
0: for this week, uh, it, it's goodbye and we'll be back obviously much earlier next week because we'll be getting back into our normal schedule now that my parents aren't uh, taking up all of my time. So it's goodbye from special guest Mr Richards. Goodbye. Goodbye from English Dan. Goodbye. Goodbye from Australian Dan. Bye. And goodbye from me. Goodbye. <laughs>